0: Alright, and welcome to Trick Sports Talk. I am joined, as I always do, on our Friday shows by my good friends Shane and Brandon. How are you guys doing today?
1: Doing well, doing well. How are you?
0: Good, good. How about you, Brandon? How's everything going? Pretty. Alright, so uh, we're going to get started just like we did with yesterday's show with the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott's negotiations. I outlined most of what that day was yesterday, of course, he's, he, he, they were about to sign a $35 million per season contract with $110 mil guaranteed, but Dak's team were very clear that they wanted four years instead of five, and maybe $40 million, but it's more likely that they wanted four years instead of five years, and then his brother comes out 10 minutes later and says, there's a reason I was never a Dallas Cowboy fan growing up before they drafted Dak. After today, after today, who knows how much longer I'll be cheering for them. Uh, Shane, I'll start with you. What is your reaction to the last-minute negotiations on Wednesday as we go through uh, all the big headlines of Tag Deadline Day?
1: Um, I was, I was quite surprised he didn't take it because he'd been wanting a big deal like this for months now. And it just wasn't coming, wasn't coming rightfully so, in my opinion, but whatever. So, you know, they offer you 35 million, 110 million guarantees. I would think, in his case, he'd be like, Yeah, sure, that sounds great. I'll take that. But, oh no, got to get 40, or it's got to be the length that I like, or whatever. It's, I just I don't get it. I mean, and now the fact that Dak's brother is throwing them under the bus, it's like it's just weird. I don't. I don't think that. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't think Dak is going to be there after next season. I mean, I just don't. I don't. I don't think they're ever going to offer him the kind of money that he wants. To be fair, I don't know who would, but um, yeah. I mean, I just. I don't. This whole thing is just really bizarre. I don't know why he didn't sign. Um, I mean, that's—I mean, let's be honest—that's as close as they're probably gonna get to what he wanted.
0: Um, Why do you do you feel like that? There's no other team out of all the other thirty-one teams in the league. Do you feel like there's no team that would give him this kind of money or what he's looking for?
1: Forty million? No, 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 not a chance. I mean, for starters, I can't even think of. I mean, I can't even think of another because there's like uh, next year, there'll probably be, know, there'll probably be f- four, five teams that are looking for a quarterback Jacksonville, um, maybe New England, um, maybe Pittsburgh, depending on
2: Pittsburgh,
1: uh, Indianapolis. Other than that, I really can't think of anybody off the top of my head.
0: Uh Chicago, maybe.
1: Yeah, maybe. And um, I don't I mean I don't see any of those organizations paying him that kind of money.
0: Uh Brandon because
1: yeah, he's yeah, just not worth work. it. But anyways, yeah.
0: Sorry, Shane. Uh Brandon, no, um what it was your thoughts on all that transpired on Tag Deadline Day between Dak and the Cowboys.
3: You know, I think it's never a good sign when you have your family getting in the conversation. You know, like, you should never have your family being part of the conversation. However, I believe that the Cowboys honestly got got saved by Dak Prescott because of the fact that if the Cowboys had given Dak Prescott that contract, they would not have gotten nearly the results back to be on the same page as the amount of money.
2: Mm-hmm. here's what I was thinking. And I don't know if I
1: might be crazy. This might just be a total conspiracy, but think about this. If I'm Mike McCarthy right now. Okay. Cause it's clear that he doesn't really, he's not a big Dak fan. I mean, it's not that he doesn't like him, but he just, you know, you, you consider what he worked with in green with in green Bay, you know, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, two of the probably 10, 15 best players of all time. And then you're going from that to this guy who is just kind of, eh, you know what I mean? Meanwhile, the rest of their offense is really solid. I mean, they have one of the best running backs. They have a great receiving core, still a pretty good offensive line, not as good as it was, you know, the last couple of years. But so – this is what I was thinking. He probably wants somebody who is, um, you know, I think Dak Prescott is mature, uh, but he's, you know, he's he's not always consistent. He's not always the most accurate. Doesn't necessarily make the best decisions all the time. I think he want. I think McCarthy wants a guy who is very accurate and. You know, just very dependable, who can work with that kind of offense. And he's probably thinking, well, Derek Carr is probably going to be a free agent at the end of the year.
0: Or at least tradable. I think he's still on your contract for a few years, but he's going to be in the trade market, and he still is, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I could could very well – I would not be surprised if we see Carr in a Cowboys uniform next year.
0: Hmm. Brandon, what's your thoughts on that? Because that is quite interesting uh,
3: well, you have to wonder though, like what would Las Vegas be willing, or what would uh the cowboys be willing to trade? because it's not like they're going to want to give up one of their big pieces.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Is he worth a couple of seconds? Maybe. I'm not even sure at that point. But, but I also wonder as well, like, if this is actually the right move for the Cowboys, giving him the franchise tag. Yes, from a cap perspective, it isn't. But I want to see how this mccarthy Dak thing works at least for a year. I mean, is it going to work great? Probably not. It it
3: could be okay. Well, he but, becomes an unprotected free agent, right?
0: Yeah, he, he would, but they can tag him again, and it would jump up to, I think, 36 or 37 mil.
3: Well, no. I mean, the, if if he's a free agent next year, mm-hmm. then he could just go to another team. Right,
0: but they, the, the Cowboys have that option to tag him again if they feel they, like they want to. Which I I would assume that they would, but I, I don't know
1: if he does well.
0: If he does well, I assume they'll just tag him again because I don't see how they. Honestly, Jerry, to his credit, as we talked about yesterday, uh, when call was on, like to his credit, he'll pay the guys that he wants to pay, and he paid Dak. And guess what? They they tried too hard to to get a shorter length of the contract. Right? They tried too hard to do four years. So. At this point, especially after what Dak's brother said, I don't, I don't even know what the Cowboys thought is about this. All I, all, I can, all I know at this point is that the talks are over, and we'll see what happens moving forward. But at least for this season, it's, it's over. Um, and then we'll, they probably are just going to play it out this year and reassess in the offseason. Now, will that be uncomfortable? Yeah. yeah.
3: But you, I also have, you also have to remember that this is the first season Dak is, will have played without an op line. Well, I still think they're top 5
0: or top 10 in the league. I mean, they're still fairly capable. Top 5, I would say. Yeah, top yeah, 5. Yeah,
3: but you also have to remember and Shane, you can you can tell me whether you agree with this or not. I believe that having a good like the having a good center is the most important position on the line. If you don't have a good center, left
0: tackle. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say, left yeah. tackle.
3: But I mean, if you look at if you look at a lot, left tackle is very important. But it also left is,
0: tackle, center, and right guard.
3: Right. I would say. The thing is, you look at Dak Prescott. He spent a lot of his time not having to worry about the pocket collapsing from yeah. the middle. Now he does. We don't know if he has the ability to to. To, to stand there and while the pockets collapsing. So it'll be interesting to see.
0: I just, I mean, I, I wonder, see, this is my biggest thing. I wonder how much stock the Cowboys took into account going into this off season, the games where Zeke wasn't there, mm. right? When he was suspended for the six games, Dak was terrible <laughs> statistically yeah. or otherwise. And I, and I, I don't know how much the Cowboys looked at that as well. So it's like he has a great team around him, which helps him. But I I can't believe that his camp even now still feels like he deserves to be paid as an A quarterback. I mean, Colin Coward just talked about this as well. But it's like I don't I don't understand. Like he's not. I I, I don't think he's worth more than twenty million. I just don't. Yeah. So. No, not at all. So I'm not sure. All I'm going to say is they're, they're leaving it at – they're leaving it. They're stopping it. It's on – he's playing under the tag, which is $31.4 million. And then, unfortunately, this saga, which I think we all hate talking about at this point, uh, is going to continue uh, next offseason.
1: Oh, yeah. Let's Until he to, leaves the team.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, let's move on to a couple other deals that actually did get done – On Tag Deadline Day, we'll start with Derrick Henry. Uh, They actually finalized the deal. Uh, Let me see if I can find it. But they they finalized their contract uh, with Derrick Henry. So sorry that wasn't updated on the timeline for some reason. But the deal got done. Uh, Brandon, I'll start with you. How important is Derrick Henry to this team's long-term success?
3: So Derrick Henry... He's great, right? We all saw him, he's great. He um I think it depends a lot on whether he manages to continue to have the level of of play that he's had in the past. Because if he can do that, I think he's very important to this team. I mean, it's not like the Titans are stacked at the wide receiver position, um and we all saw what Derrick Henry did last season. So that's a pretty easy like yeah, he's important.
0: Uh just to go on the contract details, it's a 4-year $50 million contract which includes 25.5 million guaranteed money according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. It was reported the day before tag deadline day um that the deal wouldn't get done. It did get done. Uh Shane, what's your perspective on this deal?
1: Yeah, I you know, I like it. I mean, you know, there, there are very few running backs that I would give that kind of money to. Um, but I think he's definitely one of them because, you know, this is one of those teams that where he is definitely the driving success on offense instead of the passing game like it normally is. Um, and, you know, I mean, Derrick Henry is, is tricky because he's, you know, he's a, he's a, such a power back, which nothing wrong with that, but it's just that, you know, you you never know when they're going to start tanking, right? Because they don't, they don't last as long as other guys. And so, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't sign him to more than four years just because he's, how old is he now? 28, I think.
0: I think it's like more like 26.
1: or 27. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, by the time he's yeah, so by the time yes, the deal's 26. done, he'll be okay. Yeah, so by, I mean, by the time the deal's done, he'll be thirty, and I mean, it sounds it sounds crazy, but by that point, I mean, he's probably going to be thinking about retirement because it's just so. I mean, look at guys like
0: or at least a smaller know, like role. or at least a smaller role. I think right, exactly. When you get to thirty, there's there's guys for example like Adrian Peterson who still lasts. Last yep. very long in the league, but his role is so much different now in Washington yeah. as it was in Minnesota all those years ago.
1: He won't be the he won't be the centerpiece of the offense if that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so, um, but yeah, you know, I I don't think he's a huge part of like their long term success, but for the next few years, yeah, he absolutely is. Um, so yeah, no, I don't have I don't have an issue with that deal at all.
0: Uh, Brandon, just to sort of finish up the Derrick Henry piece here, the, I mean, it was pretty clear that he was going to play under the tag, uh, which was, uh, 10.6 mil. Um, but they found a way to get the deal done. Considering what Chain said about these longevity of these running backs, which is very short, how important was it for Derrick Henry and his team to get this deal done as quickly as possible before the deadline hit?
3: Well, I think this is, uh, it's important because. Well, for one, I'm sure Derrick Henry would much rather play go into the season having a a contract uh locked in for 4 years knowing that even if he gets hurt, he'll uh have more than enough money to to guarantee to provide for his family. Um and also, nobody likes playing on the cap. Like As much as the tag, as much as players might, as much as a player might say, like, you know, it's fine, whatever. Nobody likes, like, likes having the tag applied. Um, I think it shows. I actually think in the end, it's gonna be a win-win for both both sides in Tennessee because it shows. Derek Henry, that Tennessee is committed to him as a player, and that they showed him tangible like we want you here. And that goes both ways. That gives him, that gives the team a lot of of brownie points with Derek Henry. And Derek Henry then is like, you know what? If if I'll give some leeway for the team, mm-hmm. so.
0: He, he was very clear after the contract was signed that he's very happy in Tennessee. Um, when we look at the, the, the franchise tag as a way for players to get an extension on the time in which they can finalize a deal, that's when it's best used. Of course, this, was, this wasn't necessarily the case because they worked day and night uh, over the last few days to get this deal done. But sometimes it's best used an ex- as an extension to get a deal done. Um, but in this case, they found a way to get it done. And I think we can all agree that that was great for both sides. Uh, as for the Browns, they signed Miles Garrett to a five-year, $125 million extension. The deal includes 50 mil guaranteed. Uh, Brandon, what's your perspective on the Miles Garrett deal, especially now that he, I believe he is reinstated, but does, that, does the helmet incident with Mason Rudolph kind of affect your thought process on this contract
3: at all? Um I don't like it because I think it and y'all might disagree with me. I feel like it sends the wrong message. Um that it's okay for someone who does someone like this and honestly got very little, like, blowback from the team to then be given a fairly large extension, you know? Um, I feel like Miles Garrett, I mean, this is also a man who has a history in the league of being, you know, not safe on the field. I just, I mean, he, like, on one hand, I'll put it this way. On one hand, his skill deserves, his skill set on the field deserves the money. But, I don't know. I. It's conflicting.
1: That's my issue with, uh, like, the Browns team as a whole. Is that, you know, a lot of them, I think, are deserving of this big money. But they don't act like it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. Um I mean, for their case, it's quite impressive because they they got a lot of money to a lot of different people. Yeah. Um, which I mean, you know, good on them. But yeah, I mean, it's um, you know, I, I I do think that that's a little bit more than I would give to a guy like um, Miles Garrett. Um, I mean, that's what twenty five million a year.
3: Because how much Um, of that is guaranteed?
0: 50
1: mil.
3: Like, that's the thing. You're giving 50 mil to a man who you have no idea if he's going to get suspended again for, like, a year. I mean.
0: I think the Browns are really clear. And and the NFL, I think, was the same with this, um, that this was a one-time incident. Yes, it was a terrible incident, and it will leave a scar in his career for a long time. But I think they they were very clear, both the Browns and the league office, that this was a one-time incident, and we're going to move forward. I mean,
1: that's uh, the thing. I don't want to – I mean, yes, it was – it shouldn't have happened. It's stupid.
0: Yeah, for sure. It was terrible.
1: But, I mean, it's – like you said, it's just one thing. I mean, I don't – you know, I, I don't – I've always felt wrong, you know, judging – people like that based off of some based off of one thing that they did, unless the one thing they did was like, you know, murder somebody or something horrible like that. But, um, I mean, it's, you know, if you think about it from his perspective, there's guys trash talking to each other, you get heated up. It's your, you know, it's your division rivals. Okay. Stuff's going to happen. I mean, again, doesn't mean it's right. I'm just saying, You know, that's why, you know, sometimes things are going to get a little unhinged. But I do agree with Brandon that there should have been some, you know, more of a penalty for something like that because there, I mean, there really hasn't been much of anything. So, Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's just, I do. I mean, in the end, I just think that, 125 for five years is a lot for a defensive lineman because most quarterbacks don't even get that kind of money. Right. And I mean, I don't know.
0: This is something that's really interesting because I mean, you have to bring up the fact of course that it was a one year suspension. And I mean, it did feel really short of course, but I mean, I, I don't know how much more they could have gone. I mean, obviously. Well, it's not a one-year suspension, though, because now he's
1: yeah, playing again this year, isn't he?
0: Right, but it's it's a one-year suspension relative to the season. So it happened in week eight or week nine. He was suspended the rest of the year. So, yeah, it's a, it see. was technically a year-long suspension. Plus, over the summer, he had to go in to the league office for a, basically a hearing or talk to Adele. So, I mean, it was technically a one-year suspension, I know that the NFL doesn't do this, but I do wonder if it would have been different if it was a calendar year suspension, although that doesn't make much sense in terms of how the league is structured and how the league structure. Yeah. That would be kind of hard to do. I'd imagine. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. It does feel really short, uh, but it definitely could have been worse. Uh, if more legal parties were involved. Uh, yeah. I guess. I I mean, I, I don't know what to make of that because it's a whole different discussion, but at At this point, I think everyone is kind of treating it as if it was a one time incident and moving forward
1: yeah, I mean you can't you can't dwell on it forever, you know
0: yeah but yeah um okay, so I'm just gonna run through a bunch of headlines here um this has been so at the start of this week um at the start of this week, there The NFL and the NFLPA are, I believe, still in continuing discussions about how to operate uh, the NFL season under our uh, current situation with the pandemic. Um, And there's been a lot of news this week, finally, because I think, as I'm pretty sure we can all agree, it felt like forever for them to finally come up with a game plan a few days before quarterbacks and rookies are supposed to report which is supposed to be on monday um, it's it's really weird that it's starting to really ramp up now instead of a month ago but uh we'll get to that in a minute so mike Florio reported that uh players that test positive will be placed on a covid 19 list so very specific list for uh, players who test positive for three weeks um, according to the nflpa 72 players have tested positive Mike Florio also reported that it's very likely that preseason will only be one game. I'll be honest, based on everything that I've heard, it seems like there will be no preseason games. Um, The committee has also endorsed relaxing the injury reserve and non-football-related injury rules for this season. Uh, $40 million reduction in cap. Uh, That was from NFL Network's Tom Palacero. So taking the cap down 40 mil. Uh, The league wants opt-out decisions by August 1st. Um, And then the Chiefs informed that rookies and quarterbacks are still expected to report on Monday. And several general managers, according to CBS, Jason's Lock and Fora, they're not expecting several GMs for training camp to begin on time as scheduled on July 28th. Again, keep in mind that training camps, at least for quarterbacks and rookies, are supposed to start on Monday. The Chiefs have already said that they want their players, rookies and quarterbacks, there on Monday. Uh, this is a very complicated situation that felt rushed with all the news headlines that we saw this week. Uh, But Shane, I'll start with you. What is your perspective on all this news we heard this week uh, regarding our current situation in the NFL specifically? Yeah, it is. I don't know. It's tricky
1: because, you know, it's, it's like, I mean, we've talked about this, how, you know, for a sport like basketball or soccer, hockey, or even baseball. You know, you can kind of do the bubble type thing, but for football it's hard just cuz there's so many players, so many coaches, staff members, medical yeah. teams. Yeah.
0: yeah. Right.
1: Um you know, water boys and gals, whatever. That you know, it's hard to do that bubble. So, you know, how do you adapt and it's it's felt like, to me, like the NFL has just been kind of sitting back thinking, oh, it'll – treating it like, oh, it'll be back to normal by September and we can, can pl- we can continue the season as planned, but fans in the stadium, whatever. I don't know why, but that's just how they handled it. Okay, whatever. Well, now they're scrambling because – they're realizing, well, that's probably not going to work. Um, so, you know, I, I'm just, I mean, like you, I'm surprised that it's taken them this long to kind of speak out about it because I mean, it's, it, it, it's a lot of logistics to plan and all this stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not, you know it's not it's not just like a walk in the park i mean you got to work out traveling how to get players there safely how to keep players safe and not spread the virus to certain cities and um you know you might have to work out some tv deals because of times of games changing i mean it's just it's going to cost them millions and millions of dollars before they even play a snap. (laughs) Okay. So it's, I don't know. Um, I mean, I don't know what they're planning on doing entirely. Is there any information about that yet or,
0: um, and right now from all I can tell is that they're still in negotiations and training camp is expected to start on time. Right now, right now, as I said, the Chiefs planning to have rookies and quarterbacks report on Monday. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to work. And yes, it's a much smaller pool of <laughs> players. Rookies, there's, I mean, I don't know how many they're going to have in total. I think it probably would be about 30, maybe 35, uh, not including the coaching staff. So I don't know. Uh, Brandon, what is your perspective on everything? All the news is kind of rushing this week about how they're planning to do the season, but more specifically training camp as their number one priority right now.
3: I think Well, first of all, I think training camp will happen. But I think it'll be like much more Well, the thing about it is I was I was about to say like oh, it'll be much more like individual sort of like clumps of of players. But then I thought about the fact that like this is football and you can't really do it like that. Like at least not you can't just game. have each sections. You can't just do each section working together because uh, last time I checked, in practice, you a lot of practice in a in a in like training camp is teams learning to play together, like players learning to play with each other, like different groups functioning together. So they're gonna have to figure out a way to make sure that. Everybody is really like following the rules. And as we've already seen with players like uh, players who like players going to parties and stuff, I don't think we can trust players to put to be professionals and put their jobs ahead of, of, ahead of partying. So at <laughs> the end of the day, players need to this season, players need to think about the fact that playing football is their job. Like they are professionals. Mm-hmm. And if they want to play their game, if they want to play their if they want to do their job this year, they're going to have to realize like every other person who has a who has half a brain, you shouldn't be going to to a bar or a party.
0: I mean, I think it's been a very small percentage, but but at the same time, I think my biggest issue and I th- I literally thought about this at the beginning of the week because I was like okay, wait, It's July. We're like in mid July and we didn't hear anything for months after the virtual draft was over for as far as we were concerned, other than the fact that, Oh, the schedule they're still going to play. That's still going to happen. No matter when they start, they're going to play the schedule where it is set up. Now, that's what we know right from the start is they're going to play the full schedule. But the fact that we're in, mid July and we just got tangible news about what's gonna happen not only in training camp but maybe in the regular season that's alarming is it not for you Brandon?
3: Yeah. You would think that they would have had more information. Like it feels like someone it feels like it honestly feels like it's like being in co- like the student like a student in college who gets a assignment at the beginning of the quarter and they're like, oh this isn't due until the end of the quarter Okay, cool. I'll just, I'll, I'll, they're like, I'm gonna work on it. And then they say, then two and weeks then they pass. Went, they're like, I'm gonna that. work on it. And they they another two weeks pass. And they're like, oh, it's midterm. I'm gonna start working on it after midterm term. Two weeks pass. And they're like, oh crap, we have three weeks left in school. I'm gonna work on it next week. And then it turns out it's the last week, and you're turning it in five days. And you're like, great. Now I'm gonna work on it. And then you end up doing it the night before. That's what it feels like. The NFL had so much time to put a plan together and they didn't so much time
0: and then not only that as well in terms of the vi- in terms of the or excuse me in terms of the helmets oakley's gonna put a visor like below their mouth but like where where the the helmet strap is there's going to potentially be a visor there although that's still tentative um that's one thing that they're trying to do that at least could do some tangible results in terms of them being on the field, but there's no word of yet if they're actually going to use that once training camp starts. So it's honestly just been a full mess and I think it's only going to get worse, but at at this point, um, are any of you confident that the season starts in earnest on September 10th? What's the confidence level for you guys now?
3: I'll say this. I think we get, we, I I believe we will see football this year at, at well I don't know if I could say I believe we'll see it this year I don't know I don't know if we'll. I don't I don't think it's going to start on time I think if anything we see it in the spring say like do you November. feel the same way November
0: do you feel that way
1: maybe I don't know Thanksgiving kickoff
0: oh god <laughs> I, I, I I am now I wouldn't
1: be opposed to that
0: no, I would not either. But right now, I'm I'm thinking, I'm thinking January. I, Maybe I, I'm I'm thinking I'm we have thinking, like
1: a May Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, it's I, gotta I, be May. <laughs> imagine no.
3: imagine how hot it will be in Tampa. Oh goodness.
1: No June, it'd be a June Super Bowl, wouldn't it? Dude, yeah.
3: think about what a party that would be in Tampa. Like everybody's just gotten their COVID vaccine. Everybody's like, yeah.
1: Yeah, I June.
3: Mean, that first, would...
1: first week of June.
3: That'd be crazy. But yeah, I mean, like, I'm thinking about, if we start the season in January, think about how miserable that's going to be for any team playing on the East Coast.
0: Let's look at Buffalo or Foxborough. Buffalo, or stuff like...
3: all their games are going to be blizzards. All the games in New York are going to be freezing. New York versus the Gi- Giants versus the Jets is going to be like a popsicle stand.
1: Well, think about it, though. You have... In the regular NFL season, you have September, October, November, December, right? So mm-hmm. it's like... September and October are kind of warm there. Yeah. But then November, December is cold. Well, it would be the same thing. It'd be like January, February, it'd be cold, and then March and April it would start warming up again.
0: It'd be the opposite of what it would a normal season It'd be the opposite, season, yeah. Of what it's a
3: normal so season weird. Would look like. They'd be like... They'd be like playing the game and they'd get to the, they get to February 3rd and they'd be like, you'd have like Jim Nance being like, hello, la- hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to whatever stadium. Today, normally we'd be calling the Super Bowl, but we are on week four of the regular <laughs> season.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know, it's just, I mean, for this year, you know, it's just going to have to, we're just going to have to be flexible, you know? It's, yep. It's the way it is. The um, entire
0: sports calendar yeah. has been flipped on its head. Look, yep.
3: I, look all I care – all I really – like, I don't care how we have football. I just want – like, I just hope we get some football because I miss NFL game day and I miss NFL red zone. Yeah. And I miss sure. uh, the host of NFL – Red zone. because yeah, Scott, there's, Hans. there's Scott Hansen. Scott Hansen. Yeah. There's something comforting about just being able to watch a crazy person cover a bajillion game of football. Yeah. For seven hours.
0: I, I well, love Scott there, Hansen when he does that. It's awesome. If there is as well. If there is a,
1: if we start this, if this if the season started in January, there, I mean, they're saying there might be a vaccine by then now. Yeah. Yeah. So then, I mean, people could start being at games and stuff.
3: Well, that's what I was saying about, like... I don't know. If they didn't, it's possible that there might be one in January. And there would definitely be... If if there's one by January, it would definitely... I feel like there would be enough sent out for people to go to stuff. And they would... See, my thing is, I don't believe... Like, you have to remember, at the end of the day, the NFL is a money-making corporation. They will... They have to have a, a nugget in the back of their mind going, "Do we really want to start a season that's not going to have people at a, at the Super Bowl?"
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, like uh, imagine the Super Bowl not having anyone there.
3: That'd be so weird.
0: And and here's the thing: how how do they even do? I mean, we're getting way far ahead here, but are they are they even going to play that game in Tampa? Does that even make any sense? To play that game in Tampa, like
1: Seattle Super Bowl in oh June. Oh my god! I wouldn't, you know, I I wouldn't mind that.
3: Just build a boat and play a Super Bowl on a boat in the middle of the ocean.
1: Yes. Oh my god! On a cruise ship. Oh, is this is this is this just what
3: Matt just call that would it the be crazy. Sea Wor- oh, Call it the Sea World Bowl. <laughs> no, the Water World Bowl. Just it's just a giant ship in the ocean. <laughs> water super bowl water world edition
0: you know when so when the the nba before they started doing the bubble thing there are people having legitimate conversations about having an nba bubble on a cruise ship that'd be dope and i was like that would be great what
3: you know think about it just get everybody screened make sure nobody has covid as they're getting on the boat and then just send the boat out to sea (laughs) perfect just let them chill just you know
1: they're not gonna get it out there exactly jeez
3: just this a bird not- flies by i will give it to all of you oh, God. <laughs>
0: um uh let's move on from that as well cuz I, I did forget about one more player that i wanted to talk about as well in Yannick Ngakwe um, there are rumors that he would get uh signed or that he would excuse me get traded before the deadline he did not the jags appear not content to trade him what are the next steps for for these two sides, for Ngakwe's camp and for the Jaguars? Uh, Brandon, I'll let you go first on this.
3: The Seahawks are gonna rent a player, him, just like they did with Clowney. They're gonna get like to October and be like, hmm, who can we, who can we absolutely, like, steal a player from and give? just the most ridiculous offer to again because like i feel like i'm not even kidding here i feel like john schneider enjoys fleecing people like (laughs) he enjoys like finding players that he can take and like give back just the absolute crappiest deals possible
0: are are we at a point with jacksonville shane where because they didn't find a way to get a deal done by the deadline that they're going to have to eventually take a deal that's not worth or equal to his value.
1: I mean, yeah, if he stays, um, but I mean, he clearly wants out of there. Yeah. Um, because I mean, I don't blame him, but like, <laughs> you know, what they've been saying, no, we don't, we're not willing to trade you. yet, yeah, he just keeps pushing to To go, yeah, and so that's you know at that point, yeah, I could totally see somebody like Brandon said, like the Seahawks or something, just, just snagging him, if you will. Um, I mean, yeah, you know, I, I got him on my Madden franchise on a on a on a trade like that, so you know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, like Madden trade AJ, logic sucks. AJ Boye. He did a, he did like an interview a couple of weeks ago and he was asked like what it was like being in, in Jacksonville. And he said it was absolutely miserable. Like it just, it, he said it was terrible. The culture there is not very good. At yeah. All. And he's like, he wanted out so badly. He basically forced them to, to get rid of him.
0: So, yeah. Um, from one bad culture to another. Um, we were expecting this Washington Post report. I know, Brandon, you you mm. put me onto this. Uh, we were expecting this Washington Post report yesterday. It came out, I think, a, a few last few minutes of our show the other day. Uh, or yesterday, excuse me. Uh, this report was um, – there were a lot of rumors about what this report would show. And it, it's – Washington Post reports that 15 former female employees – had elect- alleged sexual harassment during their time with the Washington football team. only one pos- person spoke on the record due to some non disclosure agreements. Dan Snyder today said he has claimed a new culture and standard is coming. My thought process is this is terrible, and the fact that the fact that this even happened starts from the top, yeah. regardless if Dan Snyder is responsible and he's not named in the report in terms of someone who did something like this but he, he but again the, you're the owner he's there right he's in Washington it's like the other owners and I know Mike I watched Mike Florio talk about this this morning about how he's just in the building it's not like other owners he's in the building he's there he knew about this I'm sure he did there's no way he couldn't have and at this point, I don't see how the other 31 owners, Roger Goodell, or anyone feels comfortable with Dan Snyder owning an NFL team at this point. Now, he's been a terrible owner for as long as he's been there, which is, what, 21 years. But this is I'm, – I'm sorry. This is his responsibility. He does not deserve to be an owner, and I think this is the last straw. Brandon, do you feel the same way?
3: Yeah, um – kind of I I I saw the same statement today from Dan Snyder. I kind of laughed when I saw it when he said a new like culture is coming. Culture is coming and I'm like do you expect anybody to believe you Dan Snyder? You are a joke of an owner and a joke of a man. Like frankly, he does not get a to he does not deserve to have a say in any of this because frankly I think he is just from what I've heard about this whole this situation. It 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 first of all it's deplorable, it's despicable, and everyone who apparently was part of this like all the all the men were in positions that were part of Dan Schneider's. In, in inside inside group, no. so therefore he would have known about it.
0: And here's the and here's the biggest thing. Last week, I don't know if we talked about this last week, but last week they fired two of their major employees. Right, and both of these employees were in this report. Yeah, the commentator for this team uh, resigned, or not? Didn't yep. resign. He retired yesterday. Convenient. And, th- and then the report came out or retired two days ago. The report yeah. came out yesterday. They had their legal team and they hi- they hired a legal team recently to vet this once they heard the report was potentially going to come out. And they cleared house. Yeah. But that doesn't protect Snyder at all. And it shouldn't.
3: Yeah, and uh, the I, w- I forget who it was. The... um. I was listening to um, 950 KJR last night, which is an affiliate of I, I'm trying to remember what uh, I believe CBS. Um, they're, a, they're a radio affiliate of CBS nationally, um, and they had the legal the uh, legal expert on uh, for CBS, and she was asked the question: Do owners and the NFL have a legal precedent? to force Snyder to, 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 uh, sell. And she said, absolutely. They have a a legal precedent to force Snyder to, uh, to, uh, sell his team because in the document, in the fine print of the the league's, um, standards, it's set, there is something say in there that says, that is saying, any owner, GM, player, whatnot, are expected to hold to represent a level of conduct that would be expected by the league at all times. Mm-hmm. As you are representing the league, and at all times, at all times, and it that, and if the b- league does not believe that you are holding that up, they can force you to f- to sell
0: yeah and and, let, and before i bring shane in as well i want to also reiterate as mike florio did today um that or i believe that cliff was from yesterday but either way he, it, it is different from the jason richardson situation with carolina where he was the main person indicted in those reports but as you mentioned brandon that does not accuse him of any wrongdoing in the organization and the owners and the league itself have the right to absolutely make him sell, even if he wasn't directly cited in the report. Shane, what are your thoughts about this whole situation with Washington over the last week?
1: Um, A lot of things. Um, You know, I mean, I never... I mean, will be on- a lot of people were saying that. Um, we're saying that they had kind of expected something like this to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be honest. I mean, I don't. I didn't really know. I mean, I don't because I don't usually keep up on how the actual front office w- works within an organization, but. Um, but maybe I should, I don't know. Anyways. Uh Yeah. I mean, if this, you know, if this is the case, um, even if Snyder didn't personally do anything, like Brandon said, he was likely aware of it. Um, therefore he is just as much at fault as those who did do it, you know? So especially as the owner, I mean, that's, you know, you're supposed to, Fire those people and report them um, instead of just throwing it under the rug. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, I think Dan Snyder will definitely be fired. Um, You know, he, I I mean, at least he should be. Uh, (laughs) um, Because this is, I mean, it's, it's just not you know, that's not okay. I mean, the the league should take action against him, I think. Um, And if they don't, then, I mean, that, you know, what kind of precedent does that set for other people, you know, for other teams? So I don't know. It's just, it's, it's just horrible the whole thing. Um, You know, regardless of, what happens with this team, I mean, and the the most important thing obviously is that um is that these women are okay and that they you know are properly compensated and get everything that you know needs to be done in order for them to move on and you know heal from something like this. So um yeah.
0: Absolutely. But I I think from an NFL perspective as well, which I, I mean, obviously it's not as important as, as what you just said, Shane, but this continuing thought process from this organization about this whole new culture thing, uh, their, their GM came out last year, I believe, and said the culture is great or we need a new culture or something along those lines. And then a year later, Dan Snyder says this, it's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating that the league has something like this happen. Uh, It's also just frustrating that he's still even an owner in this league, considering how, how he just doesn't want change. And he just feels like it's his organization. But at this point, I, I don't know how the NFL doesn't, make himself a team. I don't know how the other 32 owners feel comfortable having him as part of their group, but uh, we'll see what happens over the next few days and weeks there. Uh, Mm -hmm. Let's move on to the NBA. I know that we wanted to talk about uh, as we did yesterday as well uh, the food that (laughs) that these players are getting. I know you guys want to add in your two cents about the Bubble food that we saw a couple weeks ago. Uh, Brandon, I'll start with you. What was your reaction after seeing these photos?
3: Uh, can they not spend a couple more dollars to m- give these players like what they need? I mean, it these players, I, I don't know. It's like it's one thing for like someone who's who doesn't work out at the level that these players do. To eat that, but as a, but like maybe a rando regular person, I don't know. Like it just it seems like it's the one one thing they didn't think about. Like if you're if you're if you're someone who who's a professional athlete, that's not going to fuel your ability to to work out or play.
0: I th- I think the most important thing here is to understand that point that. These are professional athletes. This is, much, this is a conversation specifically to what professional athletes put in their body, and I can assure you it's not Stacey's chips.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: And, and, and that's, that's the biggest problem here. This is not airplane food. This is not hotel food. These are professional athletes who need quality nutrition, and a bunch of these guys, especially at the top level of this league, Have chefs for this particular reason. Shane, what are your thoughts on these pictures?
1: Yeah, I was gonna say this looks like airline food. I mean, honestly, like, (sighs) I mean, hey, I'll take it. But like, I mean, the you know, think about from these guys' perspective. I mean, these are like you said, they're professional athletes, and the NBA is worth millions, if not billions, of dollars they can't afford to like get them a nice private caterer or chef or something, or even let the players bring their own chefs. No, no. Okay, fine. Whatever.
2: Mm
1: I don't know. (laughs) But, you know, that's, yeah, it's interesting.
0: The (laughs) NBA bubble, as we mentioned yesterday, has been really bizarre and weird. Um, and it hasn't been perfect in a lot of different ways. Uh, this is one of the more funnier ways that it hasn't been perfect. But again, it's it's just the nutrition of these athletes, and it's I don't know. It, it just I I don't get why this part at least wasn't planned better. The quantity is quantity or quantity isn't quality, and in this case, there's definitely a lot of quantity food here, um, but it's not. Quality and that's the biggest problem. Yeah. All right. Other than the chicken and the salad, the chicken and the salad is the best part of the yeah, meal. Strawberries.
1: For you. I mean, what's 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 with this plain bread loaf right there? Yeah. Or the or the Stacy's chips. Uh, Brandon, or these what plain what plain you, looking noodles?
0: What do you like out of this whole thing?
3: Uh, Well, let's see. As a chef myself, uh, though that pasta looks real dry. Um, (laughs) those are what even is that? Those are some definitely some like packaged uh potatoes. You know, those like ready-made, like you make them out of the package, or like they're those weird-ass potatoes you get at a restaurant sometimes. Um. That chicken looks okay. It looks decently seasoned. What is that black blob next to the chicken, though? I don't
1: know. Um, it says chicken and fish. What? Yeah.
3: Wait, is is the chicken supposed to be the... I... Is it... <laughs> I don't know. Okay, but, like, I looked... the The bottom picture is what I saw first. Like, that's the very first thing I saw. And I was like, that's what they're supposed to fuel themselves on.
0: This is, by the way, this is an extension of one photo. This is this and this. So this is the whole oh. meal. So they got this and this.
3: Okay. But, like, that's Which, still – It's just a lot of
0: quantity, but I still. mean,
3: I know for a fact that an NBA player would probably eat, like, double that fir- – that fir- like, the pasta and chicken – and then go work out. But to me, probably the best thing there would be like I don't know. I mean, the strawberries, the Stacy's chips, cookies look pre- probably m- pretty good.
0: Seriously, why? I still can't get over that they gave him Stacy's chips. I-, I just don't. <laughs> I don't. <Stacey's
3: laughs> chips are great.
0: They're great, but like, imagine you talking to an NBA player and they just pop out Stacy's chips and it's like my favorite yeah. chip.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, oh oh wait the it says on the on the menu here it says the pasta has bolognese sauce so impossible. it's impossible no in the it's right. vegan no it's probably in that container no, 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 the dude dude,
3: right. dude dude it says impossible bolognese yeah, sauce
1: yeah i know i left that part out intentionally it's probably it's <laughs> It's no, it's probably the container on the bottom right. Yeah, you know probably probably yeah. In there.
3: Yeah, totally.
1: But this anyway. is the pasta. Yeah. Yeah, no, then the sauce is probably in that bottom right Wait. container.
3: So fresh garden
0: Fresh Garden Greens,
3: greens arugula,
0: watermelon, watermelon. I like how pickled, they have to say fresh, not like yeah
3: or something. Pickled red onions, goat, goat cheese. cheese. <laughs> gotta okay, gotta love it. Uh, raspberry vinaigrette, tomato and mozzarella caprese salad, uh, Italian grilled chicken, okay, uh, with natural, what does that say?
0: I can't even tell, but like white fish with tomato yeah. and dill topping.
3: Parmesan polenta, oh, that's polenta, okay, that's, yeah, that makes that le- yeah I was about to say because that's some like fake looking potato but yeah that definitely makes sense if that's polenta, um,
0: and then that pasta that we talked about and then impossible
3: bolognese roasted- sauce, roasted s- summer, summer vegetables, vegetables. okay, <laughs> um, I don't know why they would give them vegan bolognese sauce but okay,
1: yeah, because actual bolognese is bad for cholesterol. They can burn that
0: off.
3: They are athletes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think we would spent like 15 minutes analyzing the food. So good I job, mean, guys. I
3: mean, no, no one, no one. I know, right? No wonder you got, you had a guy who had to go, had to go into quarantine because he he crossed the line <laughs> to get food. Yeah,
0: that was for Sean Holmes of the Sacramento Kings. He like got Grubhub and then. What I want to know is why
3: can't why can't these players just like call up one of the other one of the many great restaurants in the Disney parks and be like, "Yo, I'm a basketball player. Bring me some of that (laughs) good food. Some that good." good. Yeah, exactly. I want. I want like a. I don't know. Or give me, bring me some good Italian food.
0: (laughs) It's. It's ridiculous.
3: LeBron James is like, it's probably like, what is this nonsense?
0: <laughs> I think this was before I even got in the bubble, too.
3: Oh, man. Harden, did you see that Harden just arrived? He was probably like, he was probably, he had a big old suitcase. I bet you he had like so many snacks in that suitcase. He's like, I'm bringing my own food. <laughs> I got Chipotle for days.
0: <laughs> I love how the players are so pissed off about getting dinner that they have to go to Grubhub and then they go to Grubhub and yeah. they have to quarantine, even though they have contactless deliveries. So like what happened? I don't know. It's such a mess. Um, let's move on to our running back draft. We're going to do running backs this week and then wide receivers next week. Brandon, you have the first pick of this draft in chain for the wide receiver draft. You will have the first pick. Um, here are all our players eligible, of course. This is all ESPN.com depth charts named the starters. And then we named 13 eligible backups James White, JK Dobbins, Cream Hunt, Duke Johnson, Jonathan Taylor, Philip Lindsay, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Tariq Cohen, Carry uh, Johnson, Jamal Williams, Cam Akers, Tevin Coleman, and Rashad Penny. Uh, Brandon, you have the first pick of
3: this draft. Uh I'm going with with a pick that's pretty obvious to me. Um with the first pick in the first round, I select Christian McCaffrey.
0: That that was my top running back on my board. Uh why are me you too. selecting Christian
3: McCaffrey? Cuz he's a cheat code. I mean <laughs> There's not many running backs in the league that I will watch and he does something, like, insane every game. But that's Christian McCaffrey for me. I mean, he I, – I think I've told you this, Robert, but, like, he might be the only player in the league that I'd be willing for, like, the Seahawks to, to like, just, like, send the house to get – Sell him. everything. Just, like, all we need is Russell Wilson and Christian McCaffrey. That's it.
0: Uh, Christian came into the league as a receiving back. That was it. Yeah. That's why he was drafted where he was drafted. Then Carolina really developed his running game. And the big reason why he went number one, I think is pretty simple. And why he's number one on all of our boards is he can do it all. He's not just a runner. He can catch the ball as well. And he truly developed his running game at the pro level.
3: He's also a fantasy beast.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Shane, why do you have a number one on your board? Is it for those same reasons?
1: Yeah, I mean, the dude had 116 receptions last year. like. Yeah. As a running back.
3: Which is I not. Mean, come
1: on. Yeah. Not to mention he's also a great rusher. Yeah.
3: yeah. He,
0: he's, he, can, he can power some guy. He can, he, he can kind of be a power back. I mean, I feel like he's still a little bit more finesse, but he can still power guys, even though he's pretty small in stature, at least on the field. Um, yeah, he had
1: almost twenty four hundred yards altogether, total yards.
0: Jeez.
3: He also stays really healthy.
0: Yeah, that mm-hmm. is true. That is true. Um health is certainly going to be a factor as we go through this list as well. Shane, you have the number two overall pick in the running back draft. Well,
1: well, well. We were talking about him earlier. Uh we're gonna go with the man
0: Derek Henry. Hmm. Derrick Henry goes second overall. Uh Give me your thought process on why he's number two. Well,
1: you know, I mean, I
0: there was a couple of guys that I was considering, but, you know, you look at him, I think he's just
1: – he does something that a lot of other backs can't do, which is just constantly find a way to be a great power back, really consistent, and get the tough yards you need. I mean, the guy I'm pretty sure had the most – Rushing touchdowns last year with sixteen um, and he had almost sixteen hundred yards rushing, which is insane. Um, he is the Titans offense, so he is number two for me.
0: What I love about him is the same thing that I love about McCaffrey, but even at a higher level and and that's why I had a tough time kind of figuring out where to put him on my list because he's a guy where he's he's small in stature, but he is just a bulldozer. That's yep. what this guy's game is just built off of, and he he did that even in college at Alabama, and he's done it at another level in Tennessee. Of course, getting that big contract. Brandon, your thoughts on Derrick Henry?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, I had Derrick Henry at four, but um, he definitely like as you said, Shane, he's he is the Tennessee Titans' def- uh, offense, uh, and like. I got very impressed by him. I've had him on my fantasy team, like, four years in a row. But he kind of, like, choked for me a lot. And then last year, he just basically, I feel like he was told just, you know what, get the ball, run straight, and run through people. (laughs) And uh, it worked out pretty well for them.
0: He was number three on my board. As you can't tell, uh, this is going to be very fantasy-specific. Uh, because we are looking at these <laughs> we are looking at these running backs as other than the quarterbacks, right, where we kind of have sort of an idea of how they play with the running backs, we are looking at them specifically in how talented they are, um, more specific yeah. than just the quarterbacks and what they do for wins as well uh, i 'm going to go with the number one consensus uh, running back or number one consensus player in fantasy last season before Christian McCaffrey went off, and that is Saquon Barkley.
2: Mm, Uh,
0: Saquon was number two on my board. Again, Derrick Henry was three. Um, He is, as you guys said with the Titans offense, he is to a much heightened degree the Giants offense. He makes that offense run. He makes makes Daniel Jones better. Um, He's just an all-around back, and he's pretty much everything for that offense now. Um, and he's going to continue to do that. And yeah, there's there's risk of injury when that's the case. And he did get injured um, last year, but he is their guy, and he came into the league and immediately took the league on fire. So yeah, that's why that would be my pick. Um, yep, I like Brandon, it. Brandon, you're up with the fourth overall pick and the first pick of the second round.
3: Well, I am going with someone that we've talked to talked about today, who. <sighs> When he, who backs up, who is the running back for America's team. Uh, I'm taking Ezekiel Elliott. Um, he, as we've talked about, he makes Dak look even better when he look very good when he's on the field. Um, he had a very big season in 2018, and then he had even – more productive season in 2019. He had 12 rushing touchdowns, uh, 78 first downs. Only Derrick Henry had more. And then, uh, he had 972 yards after contact, which was fourth in the league. Um, and he had, he did have less big plays in 2019, but he had more, he was more productive in his play. Um, I think Ezekiel Elliott is honestly the guy that, like, everybody talks about, like, Dak, oh, Dak, Dak, Dak in Dallas. Like, honestly, it's if I'm Zeke. Dallas, I'm focused on Zeke. Like, it's Zeke or bust, like.
0: It's Zeke and Amari, man. That's yeah. what makes that team run. Um, where did you have Zeke ranked on your board, Shane?
1: Um, for me, about
3: third or fourth, yeah.
0: I had him sixth. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I was surprised that I had him out of my top five. I have a few guys here that we'll we'll come down the board and talk about, but I had him sixth. It's tough. I I like him a lot. Uh, I don't know if it's the off the field issues. That's part of the reason he's here, but I I like the other guys that I have ahead of him more. I I think Hmm. that their skill sets just talent wise are much better and they're more multidimensional. Uh, Do you but, think
3: it's like Zeke fits better in Dallas or something with the line that he has? or
0: That might be it as well, but I, I just like the skill sets of the five guys I have ahead of him more so. Or I like the talent of these guys that I have ahead of him, uh, which I'm sure we'll get to uh, some of those players as we go down the board. Um, yeah, so I had him at six, which was a big surprise for me as I did this list. Uh, Shane, you're up with the second pick of the second round, fifth overall. The fifth overall pick, uh,
1: I will go with Dalvin Cook. Um, you know, the injuries are a little bit concerning to me. But, you know, this is – it's – for me, this is kind of a – it's a similar situation to the Cowboys because, to me, the offensive force on this team is Cook and Thielen, uh, not necessarily Kirk Cousins. So – yeah, I mean he uh he was at least statistically speaking he was right up there with uh you know Henry McCaffrey and Elliot. And um you know, as long as he's healthy I don't anticipate that changing. So um you know, I'll take what I can what I can get from him when he is when he is playing and well <laughs>
0: We'll we'll see if he does play in 2020, of course, with the contract holdout still being a a huge story, even though it's down in the last few weeks. Um, As we've talked about, as you just mentioned, Shane, uh, Kirk Cousins is not the mainstay of this team. He's not what makes this team go. And the coaching staff knows that. Um, it's, It's all about the running game for Mike Zimmer's offense, and Dalvin Cook is just perfect for it, of course, when he's healthy. Brandon, what do you think of this selection?
3: Yeah. Um I feel like he gets a little hurt too much for me to put him that high. Um
2: but right. I
3: think I would have put him probably in like the for me he would be maybe like the 8 or 9 range um just because of his injury concerns, but um pure skill wise, yeah, I think 5 is fair.
0: Uh, he was number four on my board. Hmm. And I'm going to pick the guy who's number five on my board. It's, it's simple. Th- this guy just kind of does it all. I mean, if you guys will watch some of the, this man's training videos, it's ridiculous how this guy trains. This guy, If you watch this guy train, it's more fun than about 80% of the league. The guy <laughs> is focused on everything. The guy has incredible balance. And this is one thing that makes him – one of the best running backs in the league, and at five for me, and that guy's Alvin Kamara.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the, his balance is insane. I mean, he can just he can move side to side so quickly. It he's just someone that's so difficult to tackle because when he looks like he's down, who can somehow find a way to get back up? He's like flipping the right stick down in Madden. I mean, he's just insane, and <laughs> he's just one of my favorite guys to watch on and off the field when you're talking about his skill set. So for me. He goes here at number six overall. Anyone have any thoughts on that selection?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I, you know, Kamara is kind of strange for me because I sort of forget about him sometimes because, you know, you look at that team and you always think of like, you know, Breeze and Michael Thomas or whatever. Like, no, this guy's really good too. Don't forget about him, you know.
2: Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Uh, Brandon, you're opening up the third round.
3: With the seventh pick in the third round of the running back draft, I take Nick Chubb.
0: You like this guy. You had him on your fantasy team last year. I had him at number seven, so I was right there with you. He popped this year. What do you like about his
3: skill set? He is... A, he he anybody who's watched him play knows that he is like kind of a mini version of Marshawn Lynch where he'll like he he does he does the same thing that Marshawn Lynch does where he keeps his legs chopping. Um like he pout, he keeps going. Like he like a lot of running backs have the problem where they'll hit the line, like they'll hit the guy who's tackling them and they'll stop their legs. But like he just keeps his legs going and he's able to bust through guys. And I mean, yeah, I'm going back to my fantasy biases, but like he was very good at being like explode. He's an explosive player. Um, He, he also led the league last season in carries with 20 carries of 15 yards or more uh, for 574 yards. Only Josh Jacobs of the Raiders had more missed rushing tackles created than Chubb, um, who had 66. So he's very quick, he has power, and he's explosive. And those three things together really work to, uh, you know, make a great player.
0: Uh, I know, Shane, what you love about Nick Chubb, and and what you mentioned about him is in in this organization in Cleveland, as we continue to talk about with their maturity level, this is the one player on this team that you can point to as a superstar that really has a high level of maturity and just goes out there and plays every week.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely what I like about him. And he's just – he's very consistent, uh, which is – Good for that franchise or <laughs> any franchise.
0: Um in the second pick of the third round, eight overall. Shane, you're on the clock.
1: Well, I'm surprised this guy hasn't been taken already, but I'll do it now. Uh Aaron Jones. Wow. Yeah.
0: Because... That's a wow for me. Really? Yeah. Uh go ahead. Say say your thought process.
1: Well, he scored more than any other running back in the entire NFL, for starters. Um, except for McCaffrey, they're tied. But, I mean, you know, this – people look at the Packers last year and look at the 13 wins and people think, oh, well, you know, they got Aaron Rodgers. It's like, no, I think this guy was actually – just as much of a key to their success as Rodgers was because I mean the guy you know he wasn't he, he just kind of popped out of nowhere and he got over a thousand yards 16 rushing touchdowns not to mention his great success as a receiving back as well um, so yeah I mean I you know, I think he's hes definitely, I mean, for me, he's, like, number six overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, I mean, call me crazy, but that's, you know, I like him.
0: <laughs> I had him at 12. And the main reason why, it's, I get the whole touchdown thing, but the main reason why, for me, is Jamal Williams. Because if you look at their their ratio of of how much they care, and there's a reason why that's the case, because they kind of want to protect him, they don't want they don't want Aaron Jones to play as much due to his size. Um, but he's kind of capped off in terms of how many rushing attempts he can get, so that's why he's a little bit lower for me in terms of the actual spot of where he's selected. I can understand it, but with Jamal Williams back there they kind of have a two-back set even though it doesn't always feel that way because Aaron Jones is definitely a lot better than Jamal Williams but I think that's a huge reason why he's much lower on my board than most uh Brandon what are your thoughts on this selection
3: um I think it's pretty much around the same space I would have put it I think Aaron Jones was he's a very good player um but I think because of the fact that Aaron Rodgers is there he doesn't have as much of like that, that like, if they didn't have him, the team would, would crumble, which like a lot of these teams we've talked about, I feel like, um, would be like that.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm on the clock now and I'm going to take the guy. I'm sorry, Kyler Murray. Look, I I love Kyler, but (laughs) he should not have won rookie of the year. Uh, this man should win rookie of the year and the man is Josh Jacobs. Uh, the reality is for him to come into the league, I think what he was 22nd, maybe 23rd overall for him to come into the league and perform how he did right out the gate. No one was expecting that nobody was. And he turned into a top quality running back. And he turned into a guy for me who should have won rookie of the year. I, on this Raiders team, he kind of runs the boat on that offense because let's be honest, John Gruden, not comfortable with Derek Carr, but you know who he's who he is comfortable with Josh Jacobs he makes that offense move
3: um Brandon thoughts yeah. on that pick um I actually didn't I actually really didn't get a chance to see much of Josh Jacobs um, this season uh, didn't really watch a ton of of the Raiders so I can't really comment uh Shane, what are your thoughts on this pick?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I, um, I I think he's a little high, I'll be honest, but I, I, I understand the thought process behind it though, because I mean, he's still, you know, he's still, I mean, he's only a second year player and I mean, he's already playing like a veteran. So, um, yeah, you know, Uh,
0: I don't have an issue with it. yep. Yep. Brandon, you're on the clock with the first pick of the fourth round
3: righty. I will <laughs> um I'm gonna go with uh I'm gonna go with Chris Carson. Now some people might say, But Brandon, Chris Carson is an injury risk. That would be correct. He is an injury risk. <laughs> but, if you look at what he gets done when he's actually on the field, if he was not an injury risk, if he had managed to stay healthy these last three seasons, I would be putting him in my top five, probably. Um, yeah. He, he, when he is on the field, he is a superstar. Um, he kills it. He dominates the game. Um, it's, he's one of the most frustrating players for me because of the fact that he doesn't stay healthy. So,
0: yeah, I thought the injury risk would make him fall to me here in the fourth round. I had him ninth. I, I, I love watching him play. <laughs> I mean, the guy is just so physical. Um, he's exactly what Pete Carroll and the staff wants in a running back. And yeah, the injury concerns are rough, but I think, I think slotting him in the top 10 and especially at 10 in this draft is completely fair. Shane, what do you think of this pick?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I think if he, you know, if he actually stayed healthy throughout the year, it would be a much different story. Um if he consistently stayed healthy, I should say. Yeah. yeah cuz I mean, he um despite that, you know, he still got most yards than or he he still got more yards than most guys that played the full season. So, uh, you know, <laughs> other than like Derrick Henry and, you know, Zeke and McCaffrey, whatever. But yeah, no, I definitely think he would probably be a top five for me as well. And I'm not saying that as a homer. I mean, it.
0: <laughs> no, no, I don't. I and This is a homerish discussion. The guy consensus wise around the league is incredible as a running back. Uh, yeah. Shane, you're on the clock with the 11th overall pick.
1: Well, speaking of Kyler Murray, I'm going to keep things in the uh, NFC West here. Go with uh, Kenyon Drake. Ooh. Um, You know, look, I, I'll be honest. Before the season, I didn't know who this guy was. What? Yeah, no, I didn't. You didn't watch him play in Miami at all? It's Miami. Who cares? <laughs> but so then <laughs> – I'm sorry, Miami fans, if, they, if you're listening. He's,
3: Kenyon Drake schooled the, the Patriots.
1: And the 49ers. Yeah. Yeah. But then I, so I watched this guy for the first time when the Cardinals were playing the 49ers and just seeing him shred that defense. I was like, wow. Okay. This guy is the real deal. Um, you know, he does he didn't put up amazing numbers quite yet, but that's because he pretty much only played like half the season. But, um, and he was kind of, I think he was kind of splitting a lot of carries with, some other backs there because they were still trying to figure out who their guy was, but he very clearly is the person now. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing him play a full season as the guy. I think he's really going to pop and be really good. Um, so Ken Drake at 11 overall.
0: He single-handedly won my fantasy league this year for one of my friends. He single-handedly won the league for him. Uh, he's—I mean, even in Miami, I felt bad because I knew that he had a great skill set, and I watched him play and go, man,
3: man, get get,
0: man, get to either get this guy on a new team or figure out how to use him. <laughs> and I—I I was so frustrated watching him in Miami because I thought. Man, if he could only go to the right team. I, I didn't think he'd be amazing. I didn't think he'd be at the level he was pretty much immediately when he got traded to Arizona. I, I didn't think it would be even close. But in saying that, I knew he could be capable. He And it's clear that that change of scenery in Arizona was perfect for him. Because for him to be slotted right here at 11, I know it's weird. Because... For a lot of people, it's it's it was only like, right. It was half a season, but that half a season was so incredible that this guy's going to come in next year and be a dominant back and certainly move up the board at this time next year. Brandon, what are your thoughts on
3: Kenyon Drake? Basically, what Shane said. Yeah, yeah. he kind of everything. Yeah,
0: woohoo, <laughs> woot. All right. Uh, here's the guy that I pegged at 10 overall. I pegged Kenyon Drake at 11. I pegged this guy at 10. Yeah, it's questionable, but when he's healthy, he's kind of what makes this team fun to watch. This team in general, even with Minchumania, isn't fun necessary to watch, but this guy makes him makes it fun to watch uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars running back. Leonard Fournette goes at number 12 overall. He, he just makes his team fun to watch. He's, he's just, Pretty much the lifeblood of this offense, even with Minshew there. He helps him out tremendously. It's just a new organization is what he needs. And as you can tell, the Jags are going to be trading a lot of their good players. Hopefully they can get some quality picks back. But Leonard Fournette needs a change of scenery. And if he gets it, he'll be considered a top 10 guy by most people's metrics, I believe. Um, Brandon, you're on the clock here at 13.
3: Hmm. Mm. I'm going to go with Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler, another
0: fantasy pick for you. I knew you would pick him pretty high. What excites you about Austin Eckler going into uh, 2020 where he's going to have a full role?
3: Well, now that he doesn't have any any schmucks holding him down... Uh, Austin Eckler can actually show the world why I have loved this guy as a fantasy guy for so long. I mean, he he is one of the best, like, pass-catching backs as well as running backs. Um, I just think he does it all. I mean, he's really good. He's quick, explosive, and uh, he... A lot of the time seems to be forgotten about in the end zone. So
0: Yeah. I had him at fifteen. Uh the major thing for him is I wanna see him play a full season. It's that simple. Yeah. Um but we will get a chance to see that and I don't know how it's gonna work with that quarterback room there. Um but if Herbert does, if Tyrod Taylor starts it's gonna be a little bit more difficult to to get an idea of what he could be. But if um if Herbert starts a good portion of the season, Austin Eckler is going to benefit tremendously. Uh, Shane, you're on the clock with the 14th overall pick. Uh, Shane, you're also muted.
1: My bad there. Uh, 14 overall. I'm going to say Joe Mixon. Wow. Um, Because, you know... I think if this guy was in a better organization, he would perform a lot better. Um, because, I mean, the way it is right now, he's got a bad offensive line. Yet he still, he still manages to get a lot of yards. And, I mean, no, he's not amazing, but I, you know, I think in the right, in the right system. He could be really good. I just don't think that Cincinnati is it, which is why I think it holds him back a little bit. But, um, yeah, Joe Mixon for me.
0: He's frustrating because, for me, I think he's overhyped. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think, as you said, if he was in a better organization, he definitely would be a lot better. But... I'll be completely honest. He's looking for a new contract extension. He doesn't deserve top money at all. He's just, he's good at points, but throughout an entire season, he's inconsistent at best. And yeah, a lot of that has to do with Cincinnati, but I, I, I don't know. I had him at, I had him at 23. Huh. Uh, I, I just, I, I, don't, I don't know what to make of him. Yes, he's capable of being good, but he just hasn't shown it to me at all. Uh, Brandon, what are your thoughts on the Mixon selection here?
3: Sure. Yeah, (laughs) I... um, mm -mm. Mm. No? No. I I don't know. I don't...
0: You picked
1: Fitzpatrick at 7 overall. You don't get to talk down to me for this.
3: You know what, Shane? I'm not talking down to you. I'm just saying... (laughs) I wouldn't have had Joe Mixon at 14. And you wouldn't have had uh, Fitzpatrick as high as I did, so you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh I'm at fifteen uh let's say we haven't had a really fitzpatricky like pick so far here, but True. um, let's look through my board here really quick. Give me Miles Sanders. I knew um, you were gonna pick him. he's my guy um. Yeah, I get it. It's playoff production based. Okay, fine. Playoffs matter. Okay, I get it. Here's the thing. In the playoffs, the guy was amazing. He was everything for them. Um he he's a great player. He just didn't get enough run last year until about week twelve. It's it's kinda the same thing with Kenyon Drake, except Kenya and Drake actually got more pub for it. And then in the playoffs, Sanders was just ridiculous. Um, not only catching the ball, but or not only catching the ball, but of course, more importantly, running the ball. So, yeah, Miles Sanders goes off the board here. He's ranked 13th on my board. Uh, Brandon, you're up to start the sixth round. Uh,
2: uh,
3: I'm going to go with... And this is... I'm acknowledging that this is a reach. And this is, I don't know if it's too much of a reach, but it's like a highly based around how well the line does this year uh, for this cert- specific team. I'm going with Le'Veon Bell. Um, and this is assuming he gets a better line. I think he'll have a better season.
0: But, I think we're certainly expecting the line to be better. I had him right at 16. I don't have too much of a problem with this selection. I think his talent's too good to deny Below twenty, but Shane, what are your thoughts on this selection?
1: No, I I think this is yeah. I don't have an I don't have an issue with this at all. That's all
3: right. surprising.
0: <laughs> Shane, you're up with the second pick of the sixth round.
1: Oh boy, um,
2: gosh, uh, I'm. Hmm. Yeah,
1: I'm going to say Mark Ingram. Um, because he uh, – What? <laughs> you're taking
3: a running back on a team that has Lamar Jackson?
1: I mean, look, the guy – he's like the one running back that averaged over five yards last year. I mean, hey. I'll take what I can get. I mean, you know, it's like, look, he still had over 200 carries. And he scores a lot. There's no denying that. Yes, he is getting, you know, he's 30 now. So he's probably not going to be as effective going forward. I get that. But for right now, you know, if I need a guy – I mean I wouldn't complain. <laughs> but.
0: Um where did I have him again? 20 Um let's see How, where did I have him? I, I had him know, at 22. Have him? I have him I had him at 22. So yeah, the range isn't terrible but like again as Brandon said, you have a running back there or a guy who likes to run the ball more than Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson. So now I know and then J.K. Dobbins is more likely going to fill the role, and he's here in this draft.
1: Well, this is my team, and on my team, Mark Ingram is going to be a superstar.
0: <laughs> um, Brandon, are you surprised by this selection as well?
3: Um, Mark Ingram?
1: Sound like I took him in the first round or something. Uh,
3: yeah, I know you didn't take him in the first round, but, like, actually... <laughs> You know, that is kind of fair. It's not the first round. It is round six, so yeah. for that, I'll say it's fine.
0: Thank you. Um, Okay. It's been a nice discussion. <laughs> uh, with the 18th overall pick, I'm taking a guy who I feel sad for and should be traded immediately in Phil <laughs> Lindsay. Yeah. Uh-oh. Philip Lindsay needs to be traded because he does not deserve to be behind Melvin Ingram at all. He just doesn't. And I have him ranked above Melvin Ingram here. Um, yeah.
1: Hey, Melvin Gordon. Or excuse Melvin me, Melvin Gordon. Gordon. My
0: bad. Melvin Gordon. It's just he, he, he's really good, and he doesn't get enough respect even on his own team. Um. I think it's a pretty simple selection. Uh, Brandon, what are your thoughts on that one?
3: I remember when Melvin Gordon got traded to Denver, and I was like, wait, why? You have a starting caliber running back already. Like, I assumed he was going to just be a third down back or something, but then they said, nope, he's going to be the starter. I was like, what are you doing? Ah.
0: Yeah, it is just a ridiculous move to me. And I have him ranked above Gordon, so there's a reason for it. Uh, Brandon, you're on the clock here to start the seventh round.
3: I'm going to take... Uh... Hmm. Can I see the list of...
2: Yes, please.
3: Uh, uh, oh, I'm going to take David Montgomery.
0: Ooh! Uh, give me your thoughts on why David Montgomery is your selection here.
3: Because... Football. No, I'm just kidding. Um, because he's one of those players that I feel like it's... He gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. Um, But he also is the only reason why the Bears ever have a chance of looking somewhat good when they play on a Sunday. Or a Thursday or a Monday. I mean, he, their quarterback sucks, and he's just a diamond in the rough.
0: He's the guy that doesn't get talked about a lot. It's really unfortunate and frustrating because he's good. I think he'll be even better this year, and if he does, he'll. I think he'll become a guy that a lot of NFL fans know about, not just the hardcores. Um, True that, Shane. Uh, you're up with the 20th overall selection. And you're muted again as well.
2: Dang it, I'm sorry. <laughs> My mother and sister
1: are running around and making noise. <laughs> um, let's see. What What is this? 20 overall. Okay, we're,
0: at, okay. we're in the the middle of the round here.
1: I will say Todd Gurley. Um,
0: uh, injury concern much?
1: Well, yes. But, you know... Regardless of that, he, I mean, just a year ago, he was one of the best running backs in the league. And, you know, he still, regardless of the injuries, he still managed to have a decent season last year, all things considered. Um, And, I mean, I you know, I want to see how he works out in Atlanta. Um, But, you know, if it weren't for the injury concerns and all this other stuff, he'd be a lot higher, I think. So that's what kind of holds him back and why I ultimately have picked him here.
0: He's tough to draft. I mean, I had him at 21, so it's a good range. But I don't know if he's going to perform in Atlanta. I don't, I don't even think he'll be that productive. I just, I just have a hard time because I just I don't feel like he's the same running back he was when he came into the league. Uh, Brandon, what are your thoughts on this selection? and How do you think Todd Gurley will do in Atlanta?
3: Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think you. All, he did. Ha, he does have a serious problem to deal with in the fact that he has uh, um, arthritis. Yeah. Um, which is pretty a pretty big deal for a running back to deal with, you know. So. Yeah.
0: The injury concerns are. It's just tough if you're Atlanta to want to pay him that kind of money with that concern there, but. Even so, it's a fair selection here. Um, at 21, I'll take James Conner. Hmm. Again, injury concern. This is the theme, and we already mentioned it was going to be a theme. Cool. The reality is Conner Connor is good when he's healthy, but when he's not, his injuries are always just really tough to gauge and can be massively frustrating, not only for the Steelers, but anyone who does have him, have him in fantasy. Any if you don't, because you want a guy like Jalen Samuels if you're in a PPR league. But even with that, I mean, it's it's the injuries are are tough for me to really quantify, and that's why he's here. I think if he doesn't have them, he's definitely much higher on this board. Uh, Brandon, you're on the clock to start the eighth round.
3: Oh boy, it's starting to get very slim pickings. Yep, yep, um, yep. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, well, who should I ask? <laughs> S- seriously. You uh, need to find a friend or something? Oh! Here's who I'll take Raheem Mustard.
0: You're going to mm. take Raheem? Yeah. Uh, um, what is it I for like you?
3: It. For... I mean, he's a player, he runs the ball. Uh he, I like his quickness. I like his moxie that he actually is willing to ask for a trade. Um you know, I mean he's also very fast and Yeah.
0: As Cole and I have talked about in the past, of course, him being a Niners fan and flying the Niners more more than a we all have i I think you know him coming from special teams to a starting role you could make an argument that kyle shanahan um is a huge reason why he's successful but in the playoffs he was kind of everything for them and uh much just my frustrations
3: he also has the highest speed rating in madden
0: interesting yeah. No, I I but I like him. I think I think he should be the starter for the Niners moving forward. He won't be. He'll get traded eventually considering how deep that that running back room is and we'll talk about uh, how deep that running back room is as we go along, but yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a pretty good selection here. I had him much I had him at 24 actually, so not too bad there. Uh Shane you're on the clock with the 23rd overall pick.
2: Mm. I will say
1: Marlon Mack.
0: Marlon Mack.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, the thing with this guy, he's not. Um, he's like one of the. He's one of those running backs who really puts up pretty good numbers, but people kind of forget to talk about him. I think, um, which I mean, it's understandable. He's in an in interesting organization, <laughs> to say the least. Um. So yeah, but I, um, no, I really like him. I think he, um, you know, I I think he. I mean, he's not an amazing player, but you know, I I think he's, um, you know, good enough for what they need, if you will. Yeah. Especially since they are probably going to have, um, yeah, what's his name?
0: Uh, Jonathan Taylor is now right. there as well, so. I think Jonathan Taylor and him are going to be a dynamic duo. I think they're going to yep. be ridiculous uh, yep, yep. with Philip Rivers there. Marlon Mack, again, one that I think only hardcores really know about his incredible skill set. He's just one of my favorite guys to watch play. Um, I love watching the Colts partially because of him. It, it, him and Jonathan Taylor, yes, it will hurt Marlon Mack's numbers, but oh my God, if Jonathan Taylor comes in and starts playing at a high level, even as close to Mac has played the last few years. Watch out NFL. Cause that's going to, that's going to be a wrecking ball. Um, yeah. all right. I'm on the clock here. Let's see where we're at here. Yeah. I'm going to take him. I'm going to take Melvin Gordon. Yes. I have the two Broncos on my team. Uh, <laughs> give me Gil, give, give me Melvin. Look, le- it was frustrating last year. Uh, The guy shouldn't have been so persistent about asking for a new contract. It wrecked him. It hurt him tremendously. He went to the Broncos specifically because he wanted to play the Chargers next season, which he will twice, of course. Um, Not a great signing. I don't know how great of a fit it is. It's really confusing. I think his career is on a confusing path, but when he's kind of the mainstay, he's dominant. And I keep going back to his early Chargers days and go, man, this guy was good. And he would have been much higher up this board if he took the original Chargers contract, let's be honest. Um, yeah. Brandon, you're on the clock at not to open round nine, I should say.
3: Um I will take James Connor.
0: I took James Connery. Robert oh, did. did. God damn it. You dumb dumb.
3: Whatever. Um <laughs> who's actually left?
0: There's a few that are left. Oh, I
3: guess there's all the backups that are left really. A lot of them are um
0: there's some starters left here. Yeah. There's a few young guns here.
3: Oh, I'm gonna take Rashad Penny. Wow. At me. Wow. At Over. me, fool. Whatever. I don't care.
0: Anyways, uh, what is your reasoning for Rashad Penny? I, have met, I had him at thirty-eight.
3: Wow. <laughs> you're a, you're a, a savage. <laughs> um why did you pick uh, him here i picked him because he started showing flashes of of brilliance uh i think he's good i would rather them use him as a catching as a like a pass passing running like a pass catching running back receiving back Re- yeah. yeah receiving back um i think he's really good in that position um but, yeah, he had some flashes. I think it was really unfortunate timing that he got hurt when he got hurt because um, he was really just starting – because he, he had his huge game and then he got hurt.
0: How many times does that seem to happen with the Seahawks in their running back lot. position? It happens a lot. A lot. Uh, when guys seem to show out and then it kind of falls apart. Shane, you're on the clock with the 26th overall pick.
1: 26th overall, I will take Devin Singletary.
0: Nice. That was the next guy on my board. Is
3: he even in the league still? Yeah, he's oh. a
0: second-year player. Oh. <laughs> um.
1: What do you like about him? Well, you know, he uh, he didn't play a ton last year, but um, but you know, he he had a good amount of snaps, and um, you know, I think the Bills' offense is very dynamic, and he's definitely part of that. You know, he's just a solid back he's a nice uh nice compliment to uh to their passing game which is definitely improving. Um so
0: yeah. Yeah, that was that was my next guy on my board, so good job there. Sorry about that. It's totally fine. Um let's see where we're at. Almost we're like halfway through so I gotta look down my board. Um Give me David Johnson. Uh, Okay. This guy doesn't have – I mean, okay, so David Johnson, his first couple of years were phenomenal, Um, and then it kind of all fell apart in Arizona. Will Houston be perfect for him? No, it won't be. It's going to be rough. But he still has a skill set that makes Bill O'Brien say, yeah, he's worth coming on the team course in probably one of the worst trades of the last five years but even with that I, I think he can still be somewhat productive there in what is a very strange houston backfield but he can be somewhat productive brandon you're on the clock to start round 10 um. <laughs>
3: i'm thinking we're in the weeds now, you know? Like Yes,
0: we are. Yes, we are. Hmm. Hmm. Ooh. Hmm.
3: Hmm.
2: Hmm.
0: This is where it gets tougher than the running back draft. This is where it gets tough.
2: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I shall take Damian Williams. Damian Uh, Williams. Kansas City.
0: Are you worried that Clyde Edwards Hilaire is gonna kinda take his stop his job really early next year, though?
3: Nah, fam. Damian Williams is like out here being the homie. I don't know. No. Uh he you know. If he does, he does. But like, Damian Williams had a good season last year. He only fumbled twice. He had uh, eight hundred eighty-seven rushing yards, eight receive, uh, eight touchdowns rushing, fifty-nine receptions for four hundred sixty-five yards and five receiving touchdowns. Um, that's an increase of. Three rushing touchdowns and three receiving touchdowns. So from 2019. Well, here I mean, while I can get the
0: selection, it's just it's hard for me to really figure out that running back room in Kansas City. It's just wild, and it's kind of not necessarily that important when Mahomes there, but it's certainly a pretty fair selection, all things considered. Uh, Shane, you're on the clock.
1: Uh I will take James White.
0: James uh, White.
1: Now I get that Michelle is technically the starter there but I I just think that um I think that James White is more dynamic for New England's particular style of offense um because you know he's a great receiving back and I think that works in their favor with all their little dink and dunk passes they always do. Um so yeah, that's why I'd, why I take him.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for for uh, Damian Williams, he ranked forty on my board, but I can totally understand why Brandon Brandon took him. <laughs> as for as for Jamal Williams, yeah, I think I think it's solid. I have. You mean James White? Or James White? Excuse me. I think that's a pretty solid <laughs> selection. I have I have him actually right at twenty nine. I have the other. Uh, Patriots running back right above him, so they're kind of neck and neck for me. I don't really know what they do with that position; they kind of just do whatever. Uh, yeah. Both, of the, both Sony Michelle and James White uh, kind of figure themselves out there, I guess. Um, with the thirtieth selection, let's see who is. Uh, give me Jamal Williams. Uh, both of uh, two Williams go uh, off on this board. Yeah, give me, give me Jamal again. Jamal gets a good. Portion of these carries in in, uh, in Green Bay uh, They want to They want to keep both of them healthy So they kind of split the carries uh, And he can still be very productive he, he would be better in a much More volume role But even with that I think he's still very productive And very good Brandon you start the 11th round I do, uh, do. Just like all the other rounds
3: Oh boy Well, I'm going to take carry on Johnson Um, and don't, don't be giving me any, what? Because carry on Johnson had some of the most was some, was one of the most improved running backs on any team between 2019 and 2020. Uh, He went from 403 rushing yards in 2019 to 817 in 2020 with seven touchdowns in 2020, whereas he only had three in 2019. Um, And, yeah, I mean, he was really one of the only factors of that team. Yes, he did have a knee injury that sidelined him for half the season, which also kind of adds to the factor that, like, if he had been playing more, you know, I mean, he would have gotten even more stats.
0: Yeah, he would have easily been picked much higher if he wasn't injured. He was someone yeah. that not a lot of people talked about. But when he was healthy, him, Matt Stafford, ran that offense perfectly. Yeah. And um, next year, we'll see. DeAndre Swift is actually slated to be the starter. Uh, we'll see how that changes. Uh, but with those two together, I think it would be great uh, for the Lions as an organization. Shane, you're up with the 32nd overall Speak pick. of
1: DeAndre Swift. I'm going to take DeAndre Swift. Um, Yeah, I think that he – yeah, I just think that he'll be uh, a very nice addition to this offense. I think together they'll be a great running back, do well. Um, And, uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to seeing, you know, what he he brings to the table.
0: Yeah, it's going to be really fun to watch. Um, It's interesting that he is slated as the starter, but first rookie off the board in the draft. I will take the other Patriots running back in Sonny Michel. Um, again, kind of a confusing backfield, but both of them work great together. I think it's a pretty self-explanatory pick. Um, he's a pretty good back. He can get the job done. Um, but both of them together, James White and Sonny Michel, is a nice combo. Uh, Brandon, you start the 12th round. Um
2: do do <laughs>
3: Do to do.
0: Do
3: to do. Do to do, do. <laughs> do, do, do. A lot
0: of rookies on this board still. Yep.
3: Mm. I will take. See, I don't know. I'm not like very well versed in running backs. Um...
1: Well, that's too bad.
3: I know. Uh, I don't know.
2: <laughs> I'm looking for
0: You got Kareem hunts on the board. You got, yeah, Nathan Taylor Ty- Tariq Cohen still on the board. Cam Akers, Tevin Coleman. Uh, I'll you, take
3: I'll t- I'll take Kareem Hunt because you know you can't really go wrong with running backs on the um, Browns Browns might as Kareem well put them together you know
0: mm. Kareem Hunt yeah he's ta- <laughs> he's talented um, but he just didn't get enough playing time and he's not I don't think he'll get a lot of playing time even this year um, unfortunately his career took a downward spiral, honestly, for good reason with what happened. Um, But uh, he can still be productive, uh, but certainly not in this situation, I don't think. Um, But again, I I think, um, you know, with his career, uh, it's really tough considering uh, the horrible stuff that happened uh, uh, with him. So, or not with him, but, you know, what happened was really terrible and that really hurt his career. Um, What happened? Do you not remember? No, he he literally like kicked a female outside of a hotel.
2: Oh yeah,
0: Do you remember? Yeah, so yeah, pretty bad stuff. Uh, Shane, you're on the clock here at 35.
1: Give me Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, I I think this guy will be a, a beast of a receiving back. Um, you know, because that's what he was at LSU. And now he's got the best quarterback in the NFL to throw to him. So should be solid.
0: Yeah. Should be great. Should be a good fantasy guy as well. Um, yep. let's look down my board and give me Tariq Cohen. Uh, right. the basically if you're talking receiving back, the first two uh the first name that should come out of your mouth is Tariq Cohen. He is that and only that. Um, but he's very capable at that. And He's just the right kind of running back for this offense. Matt Nagy loves him. Um, He just doesn't run the ball very well. But as a receiving back, he is top of the class in this league. Uh, Brandon, you start the 13th round. Did you die? (laughs) A little bit. <laughs> we only got two you only got like three picks left.
3: I know. Uh I'm trying to think
1: but nothing's happening.
3: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I will take a peanut butter and cheese sandwich. <laughs> No I'm just kidding um, That sounds nasty What if it's craft cheese though Even worse I'll take Ronald Jones the second You'll take Ronald Jones
0: yep. I want to see more production out of him uh, I do um, But at the same time um, At this spot it's not bad I, I don't know what he's going to do With Brady I, don't, yeah. I just don't know Brady's kind of at the same spot with the running backs as he was in New England. You just kind of don't know what you get um, with Ronald Jones, and that, that's pretty frustrating. 38, 38 overall, Shane, you're up. I will say Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Completing, Taylor.
1: completing that, uh, that Indianapolis tandem that I am looking forward to. Yeah. Good selection
0: there, and, and you mentioned all the reasons why earlier with the Marlon Mack selection. Uh, 38 overall. I'm on the clock. Let me look through this. Um, uh, give me, Cam Akers. Uh, really yep. give me yeah. Cam Akers. He's the guy I'm really excited. Yep. Give me Cam makers. He's the guy I'm really excited for. Uh, he'll start at some point, probably towards the middle of the season. I expect him to contribute right away. And again, and again, Jared Goff needs a running good running game. I don't know if he'll be able to provide it, but I'm confident. I'm more than confident that I think he'll be able to provide it. So uh, I'll give him that selection here. Uh, starting the 14th round, uh, Brandon, you're on the clock. Uh, do you want to take a cheese sandwich again? or?
3: What wow. Do you what do you, how dare you? <laughs> I will never take a cheese sandwich. Um, I'll take a Shane yawning. Uh, no, I'll take a, uh, Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens in that running back room, but if he's trusted in a top role, I think he can be fairly productive there in an offense that, again, is very centered on the running game in San Fran. Shane, you're on the clock with the 41st overall selection.
1: Jordan Howard. Solid bet that can uh, get you some good yards if you need him, but not anything too special.
0: Yeah, I like him. Uh, he's lost his speciality a lot. He's yeah. not as special as he used to be. It's going to be a really weird backfield in Miami with him and Matt Breda, but we'll see how that works. I'm uh, moving forward, 42nd overall. I'm on the clock, and I'm going to take Gary Skyes. I wish I could pick him. I wish I could pick him higher. I do, but injury concerns are injury concerns, and the guy just hasn't played enough or when he's played hasn't been productive enough to put him higher. Uh, But I think this is a solid spot for him. I want him to be higher on this list. I just can't put myself to do it uh, just because those injury concerns are a little bit too much for me. Uh, Brandon, your last pick of the draft.
3: I will take Devonta Freeman.
0: Devonte Freeman's not eligible here.
3: Yes. <laughs> Whatever. Uh,
0: <laughs> as he is a free agent.
3: Well, free agents should be eligible. Um,
0: We're telling yep. you guys this right now. Antonio Brown will not be eligible in our receiver draft.
3: <laughs> as he is
0: a free agent.
2: Free well, Taysom Hill will be
1: available for the tight end draft. <laughs>
2: um... <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, Duke Johnson is left. Yeah, I'll um, take Duke
3: Johnson. You'll take Duke Johnson. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's solid. Um, again, not enough playing time for you to get a uh, complete understanding of what he is as a back. But when he plays, he can be effective. Shane, your final pick of this draft. Uh, J.K. Dobbins. J.K. What excites you about him? Well, I'm
1: just looking forward to because I think they'll probably phase this guy. They'll kind of phase out uh, Ingram with this guy, and um, you know it'll just be interesting to see how the rushing game continues in Baltimore, just as as um, as Lamar develops as a passer and whatever else. So.
0: And then with the final pick, Daryl Henderson Jr., he was last on my board. Um, Again, I expect K-Makers to take over for him. He was productive at spots in L.A. last year, just not enough playing time for me to get a good understanding of what he is capable of. It's tough to pick guys here at the bottom, of course, but uh, Daryl Henderson is fine for uh, the last overall pick of the draft. All right, good show today, guys. Good draft. We'll have the receiver draft next week. Um, so we're going to go about through the
1: fullback the draft. draft.
0: There's only like two good fullbacks in the entire NFL <laughs> um, or two guys that are eligible at fullback. I think that are really good. Strange but, how quickly That position died. Yeah. You, you're always really surprised about that. Are not you? I'm not surprised. It's just weird. I don't know. <laughs> you're used to that old school smash smash mouth football a little bit. Huh?
1: I like it. What can I say? <laughs>
0: All right. Great show today, guys. Thank you, Shane. Thank you, Brandon, for a great one. We'll be back next week. Wide receiver draft and all the other great news as we are getting closer to baseball season next week. So we'll uh, recap those Mm -hmm. two games as well uh, that are happening next week as we're getting back to baseball. So uh, we'll see you all next week.
2: Yep.